0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. You're listening to Mav Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bibles director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away.
2: Welcome to Mass Sports
1: Stage, episode
2: 36 for your weekly podcast for sports business and a whole lot more. Here we tackle the business of all the news you hear about in the sports world. Tonight, we are going to be welcoming Seneca Wallace, former NFL quarterback who played Ten years in the league, the majority of the time with the Seattle Seahawks and Cleveland Browns. Also head stops tops with the New Orleans Saints, San Francisco 49ers, and Green Bay Packers. He has turned into one of the up-and-coming quarterback coaches that you need to be aware of. And he will be at the Hub Football Elite Football Camp this Sunday out in California, where David will also be. After Seneca, he will be speaking with a young man that is a big advocate for the event. Talk about the Hub again. Because he was at the last HUB football camp, Darius Clark speaking, a running back from Newberry College. And on the spot, during the workout, he was offered a contract while still on the field. We'll talk about his journey and what has happened since his big day. All on and all tonight here on Mav Sports Take. So David, we are, I think it's 16 days away from the NFL draft. And I mean 16 it's such a low number when you compare it to David Turner, who was around the NFL, Arena League, and CFL for 18 plus years. I'm talking with a man, the myth, the legend, in the scouting community, the front office executive community. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well.
3: I always laugh when you do that. It's just like, no, there's no myth. There's no legend. There's just there's just DT. But uh it's it's uh, you know what? Exciting. Exciting time in the NFL. The, you know, Pro Days just kind of summed up, got done. There's some fine-tuning. We saw, like, Giovanna Bernard get signed today and a few other players getting uh, signed up. So people are trying to sew up their rosters before the draft hits. And, you know, really reading the tea leaves are getting closer and closer. And all the lies and lies and lies are out there on who likes who and who might do what and what position they're going for. So – it's, it's a fun time of year. The next couple of weeks are going to be great. Uh, and, and not to forecast too far ahead, but I'm really excited about our live uh, show we're going to do the Tuesday before the NFL draft and do our uh, mock draft and uh, let everybody in on what we've been thinking all this time and, and predict that away once everything gets uh, sewn up. Yep, and I get to teach David Turner a thing or two about mock
2: drafts. I am really looking forward to uh, that. Uh, oh, you teach me? Are you? <sighs> I, do, I do like to mention, though, a Geo, real quick, David, because obviously I know that you have a relationship with him, right? You worked with him during his combine prep and getting ready for making that jump to the NFL. But honestly, Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, Tom Brady throwing 40 touchdowns at the age of 43. He didn't have his security blanket running back usually, right? He had James White for all those years. That was a great pass receiver. Leonard Fournette's not a very good receiver. Ronald Jones isn't a really good receiver. I mean, the rich get richer. To have that type of dynamic weapon now out of the backfield is going to be huge for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I really do like that matchup. real quick.
3: I do too. And, you know, I heard the other team that was in the running were the Seattle Seahawks, which would have made sense for him as well. Um, But going down to, you know, Tampa where they are, you know, pretty much they, they were able to retain most of their players. And, you know, the draft is deep in the holes in which they do have. So I think it's a situation where Geo digested the uh the two rosters, the quarterbacks, offensive schemes and systems, and then made a decision to go down there and make a run for the ring. I mean, the man's been in the league what eight years and at the Bengals the whole time, a truthful, faithful uh, employee. And now it's like, you know, if Tampa's really gonna make a run for a second ring, let me let me get involved there. And again, he fits that piece, that you know, catch out of the backfield piece that Tom really likes to have. So I I
2: think that the the younger generation, the kids call it running it back. So they're trying to run it back right now, to say the least. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, there again. Giovanni Bernard, live here on the NFL Draft Bible live stream. We're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, and we're on Twitch. Thank you all. If you are joining us, if this is your first time, welcome. If it is your repeats, thank you for stopping back again. So, David, I know we want to talk about the Hub. We're really highlighting the Hub football camp. Which of course uh Don Yee has put together a great event so far. We, we we're gonna bring on one of the big, you know, the big uh the big positives of the event so far, right? A guy getting getting the getting a a, a opportunity right during the first event. So we're 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 excited to highlight this event, but I want to take us back before we get Seneca Wallace on. For the show for tonight, which I'm excited about because, I mean, the minute I heard Seneca was coming on, I was thinking back to the Seattle days, right? Where, you know, behind Matt Hasselback, but he was a really solid football player for a long time. It was just, you know, behind a really good one in Matt Hasselback in those Sean Alexander years, those, you know, Jeremy Stevens and a lot of really good football players on that team. So exciting to get him on in a few minutes. I want to highlight, though, besides for the Hub, obviously David Turner is involved in the HBCU combine that just took place down in Florida. Uh, it was Florida, right? Yes. Yes. Yes.
3: yes no, right. it was it not? Uh, actually it was in Birmingham, Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. It was down
2: South. That's all I know. Yeah. So big event that just took place this past weekend. I know we wanted to talk about just the general event, and then maybe highlight a couple of football players that were a part of it. And a couple of football players that impressed David Turner, obviously being a former scout. So David, first and foremost, before we highlight any of the players, how was the trip? How was the event? I know you were really excited about making that travel.
3: You know, it was awesome to have uh, have the event down there at UAB. It was uh, it was uh, it was almost perfect, except the weather. I'm not gonna lie; like the weather was like the day before when UAB did their pro their their uh, pro day. The mm-hmm. weather was phenomenal; it was great. Then our day, it was just it just was <laughs> rainy and cold and windy. So. Um, you know, it, it just the weather was the only bad thing. But UAB, their coaching staff, everybody was really good to us. They really were incredible. They opened their home, they opened their facilities to us. Um, the, the staff there at the Hilton around the corner, UAB Hilton, was great. They set up all the st- uh, the training rooms and or the meeting rooms, and everything we needed. It was an incredible event because all the kids showed up properly. That you know, we had forty one kids end up showing up. They were all COVID negative. The entire staff was COVID negative. We had a uh, do test there, make sure we had a, you know, on point. The few of the kids couldn't, we had two kids with travel uh, instances because of the weather that they couldn't get in, which sucked. And then a couple that like, just days before just weren't able to come, which again was, was terrible news. But for the 41 athletes that showed up ready to work, they got a great experience. Um, you know, Euless Payne Jr. who paid for the whole thing and put it on, who owns the company, you know, he went out and he reached out to Stephen A. Smith and Stephen A. did a, a nice uh, taped uh, thing to help the kids understand the position they were in. Okay. I did a 45-minute lecture on interviewing prep and stuff. You know, Euless really went out and he got them great gear he got a um, great environment, the shots and the videos that are going to be coming out of it. Each individual kid will be receiving his own highlight video out of it. Um, nice. It's just it's just awesome. And even the NFL teams have been reaching out, asking about the results. We did live results. They want to see the tape, and the tape's getting cut up, getting it to them, and you it know, should be there by Friday. So people going into the draft will have all that ready to go to digest it. And So it's very humbling for me. I, I grew up. Came up in the business with, you know, Willie Brown and Rosie and guys who played at HBCUs, Jackie Slater and stuff. And they tell me about how special those opportunities are. One of my good friends, Keon Johnson, went to Grambling. You know, he wasn't a football player there, but he was around the program. He's now in sports media and he Uh talked about the campus and everything. And it's just uh, it's just great to be able to give them a platform, build a platform they can project themselves off of.
2: Yeah, uh, good friend of the show, Mr. Keon Johnson. Of course, he's been a uh, he's been on the show before, and I actually did see Coach Clark from UAB tweet out a picture. David, I I actually retweeted it and said I see David Turner because you were you were right there, snap, smack dab in the middle. So there he was. It was
3: hilarious because I didn't even notice myself in that picture until you said that, and I'm like, did you get the magnifying glass out? Yeah, like, I,
2: holy. I just went, I just tried to look for the shortest guy that I could see, and there you were, my friend. There you were. So let's highlight a couple of guys that impressed during the event. Me and David actually already started this conversation beforehand because, you know, we can't help ourselves. Again, we got Seneca Wallace coming on here in a, in a couple minutes shortly. But, David, I think the guy that has to be talked about first was that set Twitter ablaze a little bit with his blazing 40. I saw a couple people posting Jamie Robinson, who uh, – what college was he originally from, David? I didn't catch Bethune Cookman. Okay. So Jamie Robinson, I think he played running back and wide receivers, a little yep. bit of a hybrid player. And I saw two stopwatches one said 4 2 and one said 4 3 2. So pretty impressive day for Mr. Jamie Robinson.
3: Well, and he also jumped 11 2 and he verticaled uh, 40 and a half. And it, it, I want to say his three cone was sub seven and his short shuttle with a slip was a 4 2 2. His second turn was a slip if he didn't slip on the second turn, he probably would have got a a nice four oh something you know in there, so it was uh he had a really impressive day caught the ball well we had worked him out at receiver, not at running back. You know mm-hmm. he's a five oh seven six type guy five oh eight oh uh type guy Weighed in at one one seventy five but he benched sixteen times now he pressed it eighteen times, but he didn't lock out for two, so I took two away on him. But he did press, you know, at 175 pounds, 225, 16 times clean. So, again, he had a heck of a workout, really great. You know, he kind of reminded me more of a Delvin Joyce that we had up there in New York years ago, but faster. Delvin never would have ran a 4.28 or a 4.30, but he was a 4.42 type guy. So he's a little bit behind there. But Delvin was a 5.072 or a 5.077 type guy right there where where, uh, Jimmy is. Now, Jimmy is a guy that, I, I, I mean, he was last year's draft class. Mm. He, he got left behind a little bit with some of these other guys that came and performed, and, you know, he really maximized the day. Great young man, great young kid. I, I really enjoy his personality, smile on his face, you know, ready to work and do whatever he asked. At the end of the workout, I had DeAndre Francois and him pair up for a deep throw. I did a post-corner. And uh, let De- Deandre air it out, and Jimmy run underneath it. And it was just pretty. It just was pretty mm-hmm. to watch those two pair up and be able to hit that ball deep. So you know there was him, then there, and like I said, DeAndre was there. DeAndre didn't do any of the running. He did, I think, a broad jump. I think he jumped 10-2 or something like that to get that on, that on the books. Yeah, yeah. Was, mm-hmm. And then he threw. He threw the ball extremely well. His velocity, his setup quickness, his release quickness, all that stuff is really really something. So, you know, it was fun to watch DeAndre wor- uh, work again. I've seen him one other time work. And uh, I think he's actually coming to the hub this weekend to do some more work. I mean, he's a kid nice. who flies across the country. Whenever there's an opportunity, you know, he uh, he jumps on it and he takes advantage of it. Then we had guys like uh, Hunter Ren- Register. And, uh, you know, Hunter started his career at Minnesota, finished up at Southern. He uh, measured in about six foot three and a, a few eights. And I think he was 217, 31 and a 38 arm or 5'8 arm, uh, nine and five eighths hand. He was another guy. He ran a four four-four, four uh four 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 and a four four seven. And, you know, really smooth catching the ball. And you know, he's a big receiver. If anybody's out there looking for a big receiver who can run a four four oh or four, I mean four four four, 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 seven, I mean, weighing two seventeen and being low, um six okay. three. Yeah, it's like you know why not give this kid a shot and um, great another great attitude. Broad jump ten four, vertical jump thirty seven and a half. So he did all the measurables, caught the ball really well. I'm excited about excited about for these few kids and and there were more. If we have time later in the show, you know we can jump on them.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. We, we definitely want to highlight a few more players about to bring Seneca Wiles on before we do. Maverick Sports Consulting was created in 2015 to train college athletes aspiring to make the leap to professional football. We peel back the decision-making process to unveil what's on the mind of the decision-makers so athletes understand the why behind the questions they ask. We have worked with clients such as Odell Beckham Jr., Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, Marcus Peters, Giovanni Bernard, newly signed Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and much more. If you're looking to win the interview process, go to Maverick Sports Consulting today to sign up. So like I said, we got Mr. Seneca Wallace, who is now joining the show. Seneca was drafted originally by the Seattle Seahawks in the fourth round of the 2003 NFL draft, 110th overall pick out of Iowa State Cyclones, originally from Cordova in California and before heading to Iowa State, played at Sacramento City College, uh, and now Fantastic quarterback coach. Seneca, how are you, man? Appreciate you joining us today.
4: Can you hear us, Seneca? I'm good, man. Appreciate oh, you having good. me on. Hopefully you guys can hear me well. I'm sitting in my car right now doing this. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Hold yeah. Can can you hear me? Yeah, yes, we got course. you. uh Awesome.
2: was well, Seneca, I okay. really we really appreciate you obviously taking some time with us. We know that we have been highlighting a lot over the last couple of years, obviously, a lot of athletes have had some difficulty with the COVID-19 pandemic and all the the obstacles that have been set their way in their draft process, right? And, and obviously, the HUB football camp mm-hmm. is a great opportunity for some of these players to get verified measurables, to get in front of those decision makers. So I actually going to want to take you back to your journey coming out of Iowa State and take me through your personal draft process and highlight it a little bit for the folks.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, my draft class was, uh, you know, it was deep with uh, with quarterbacks. Carson Palmer, Byron Lefwich, myself, Dave Ragone, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, just to name a few. So, you know, it, the process was a lot different then than it is now. You know, uh, obviously going to the combine is a lot different. Um, obviously, now they're filming everything. People actually can watch the NFL combine from back then when I was performing. You couldn't do that. I mean, heck, all we got was one hoodie when you checked in. Now, these kids got all these, you know, the bells and whistles all the way down to the shoes. So, um, the process was a lot different back then. Uh, It's definitely evolved. Uh, It's a lot of, of social media and different things are involved with it. And I think it's a good platform for a lot of kids who might slip through the cracks. Uh, back then, when we were coming out, a lot of those guys coming from smaller schools, it was harder. I think it's a little bit easier now uh, for you to maybe be found from a small school just because of the social media platform.
3: Now Seneca went. What what's uh? You've been through it a lot. It's been it's been a while, and it's funny you just bring up Rags because you know Rags was one of my offensive mm-hmm. um, coaches, and now he's the offensive coordinator down in Atlanta. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot Rags was in that class. Um, but, you know, what's one piece of advice you wish you knew then that you do know now?
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Hold on. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. my I, It was kind of going in and out when you asked the question. I was just saying, what's one
3: piece of advice that you – you know, now that you wish you knew then going through the whole process of getting drafted.
4: Um, yeah. I mean, if, if you asked, uh, I mean, things that I wish I knew back then before I came out, I mean, just obviously picking the brains of those guys who, who came out before me. Uh, I think it's hugely, hugely important to kind of understand the process. Um, you know, understand from a, from the a standpoint of all those player personnels that are evaluating you. Uh, it's hugely, hugely important. I mean, it's it's hugely important when you're going through the interview process uh, because everything matters. Uh, you're being evaluated throughout every level. You know, from the way you walk, the way you talk, um, the way you just present yourself. It's hugely important. I mean, all you need is just that one team out of 32 teams to give you that opportunity. And even for myself coming out. You know, I was an undersized quarterback in my draft class. Uh, but all I needed was just that one team to give me that opportunity so I could be able to show um, that I could play at, a, at the next level. And you know, God willing, you know, you, you're you able to go out there and improve to uh, the doubters, the the, the Charlie Castleys of the world who doubted me when I first came out, uh, that I could play the game at a high level. So um, that's just one of the big pieces, I think, is just being able to talk to someone that can uh, kind of lay it out for you who might have the perfect recipe for you to make it in the national football league. And Seneca, I, w- I wanted to ask about head coach, Mike Holmgren.
2: Obviously you got the opportunity to play under coach Holmgren there in Seattle, who, you know, has worked with mm-hmm. some of the best quarterbacks that we have ever seen play. Namely Brett Favre is, is obviously the one that everyone wants to talk about, but you know, even with Matt Hasselbacks, and then you right. had the, the ability to play under him and have the tutelage <laughs> under coach Holmgren. Can you just kind of, Give us a little insight into not only what it was like playing for him, but how important it was to be with a coach like him when you first stepped foot in onto the NFL level.
4: You know, it was hugely important. I mean, Mike was, um, he was very hard on his quarterbacks. And I think that was the way I wanted it to, to be, you know, to be coached. Uh, he demanded a lot of us. And a lot of people, you know, who were coached by Mike, uh, you know, there was a lot of stories. I mean, one of the things that my takeaway from being with Mike for the, that long was the fact that, um, you know, the pressure he put on his quarterbacks to perform on Sundays, uh, it was high, you know, and then when you look back on it after your career is over with, you understand the reason why he kind of pushed you to that limit to understand how important it was to play at a high level, uh, he demanded a lot of us from a, from a standpoint of understanding the system, the West Coast system, uh, to understanding the terminology. Uh, people don't know this, but he would never even give us the full play. So if the play was, for example, spread right, two-jet double option, just a basic West Coast play, he wouldn't tell you the formation. You would just hear in your headset, two-jet double option. And literally from you know, for like 30 seconds for us running out onto the football field, me and ha- Hasselback would be sitting there studying our plays. So then that way we would be able to know, you know, all the formations and it might be two, 300 of them week to week. And that was just one thing that he implemented from his days, coaching with Brett Favre, the headset went out, Brett Favre couldn't call a play. So he burned a timeout. And from that standpoint, Mike said, look, from this point on, you're going to have to know all the formations because if we ever have this issue again, you got to know how to call the play.
3: Wow, that sounds like a lot of pressure put on you, you know, from a from a, a, a play calling standpoint. Yeah.
2: As a young player, too, really young player, that's that's a lot of pressure to say for the
3: sure. Least. Now, post playing career, oh, why yeah. did you choose?
4: It now, was post- it was a post- lot, but it was the way it was the way you had to do it. I mean, playing a position, um, you, you you just to play fast in the West coast system. I think that was one thing that he noticed that his quarterbacks just play a lot faster in the tempo is uh, where we kind of hung our hat on for sure.
3: Gotcha. In your post playing career now, why did you choose to get into coaching versus I'm sure you have plenty of other avenues mm-hmm. in front of you?
4: Uh, I mean, I just love teaching a game of football, man. I mean, I think, I was blessed enough to be around players. I mean, coaches like Mike ongram to be around Jim Zorn, who was my quarterback coach for six years and, you know, to be around and understand how important it is to have the fundamentals. And you see it nowadays in a lot of high schools throughout our country, even in college, that a lot of guys aren't coached properly um, to play this position the right way. And um, And I think a lot of it, it's not all about the X's and O's. I, I believe it's a lot about the fundamentals on the football field. Uh, Cause if you got great technique and fundamentals, uh, sometimes that kind of outweighs the X's and O's because if you can't fundamentally do things on the football field correctly, it's going to be very hard, you know, to be able to complete passes down the field, get out of run checks and do just different things uh, that are, you know, that's demanded of a quarterback. So i love seeing kids grow. One of my youngest kids is going to Southern Utah as my very first client, and I'm proud of him. And uh, I just like seeing kids being able to kind of reach their goals and play to the next level.
2: And Seneca, I wanted to ask, obviously, we're highlighting the Hub football camp that, you know, it's been a great event, has already gotten somebody signed uh, to an NFL contract. So how important for you just is this event overall and, and the mm-hmm. excitement that this is giving, this is providing an additional platform and additional opportunity to these players that need it.
4: I mean, it's huge, man. I mean, because there's no other Avenue out there and my agent created this deal, Don Yi, and there's no other Avenue or space out there that can allow players who might slip through the cracks or players who just might not have made it and got that opportunity or that shot that they need. This is just another way for them to continue to, to kind of keep reaching for that, uh, that career in the national football league, to be able to go out and just perform. I don't care if it's run in, in front of five, six scouts. I don't care if it's Canadians, uh, scouts out there for Canadian league. It's all about that opportunity. And, uh, guys that just want to continue to keep playing football and they love playing a game. It's just a way for them to do that. And I think this is the only way that they can do that because if you're not being able to showcase your skills in front of scouts, they're not just going to come knocking on your door saying, Hey man, do you still want to play uh, and, and calling you? So I think this is a way to to show them that you still got the skill set uh, for them to be able to still talk to you on the side and kind of see where your mindset is. And um, you know, I think it's a great platform for guys who might have slipped through the cracks and are still trying to play the ball.
3: What what now? What Sorry should about the players be
4: going a- out in the background? Man.
3: <laughs> it's all right. What what should players be anticipating <laughs> this weekend at the Hub Camp uh, as far as drills and stuff go? I know you're going to be coaching the quarterbacks, and obviously, quarterbacks work with the receivers. What should they be yeah. uh, looking for?
4: Well, me and Ty Detmer working hand in hand with the quarterbacks. Obviously, everybody knows who Ty Deppmer is, and um, you know, just just being able to for us at this deal is just to give the kids and these these younger players uh, constructive feedback. I think it's important not to overcoach them in this situation. Uh, I think we're just there to kind of uh, help facilitate the drills to make sure we're, we're going to continue to keep pushing them. Uh, I think it's the same thing, just as if you know when people watch the combine and the quarterback coach is sitting there, like Jim Zorn was for for me when I came out, is to keep encouraging me and pushing me um, to do the drills. You know, you don't want to overcoach in the situation because at the end of the day, that's not what you're there to do. Um, we're just there to help facilitate the drills, um, encourage these players, uh, be a sounding board for them if they have any questions along the way. And uh, and just make sure that we have a great time while we're out there, because at the end of the day, we're all uh, we're helping facilitate and, and they're trying to live out their dreams and, and trying to hopefully get signed to a team and get back in the National Football League or the Canadian League.
3: And one last piece of advice I'd like to see, uh, what can what can players do under this COVID umbrella right now? to get noticed what's a piece what what is it that they can do because not everybody has the opportunity to come to the hub as we select the kids and everything what what can this the street free agent do right to try to get noticed
4: Ooh, that's a good question man um (laughs) uh the the street kid I, i i mean i think honestly man i mean if that if anything it's uh social media it's social media i mean i think social media is playing such huge volume with you know being seen and and being able to post things on social media it's huge i mean you might not think that anybody's watching these videos but people are watching these videos i mean during covid heck when i was with the dallas cowboys we had a lot of uh, like ben denucci for example had to send in a workout through video and so um, you know i think that's a huge platform and if you can understand how much potential uh, that, you know, social media, it can reach so many different avenues. I think it's a good platform to have. And and just continue to keep networking, reach out to different people, make sure that you're talking to your agent, that your agent's kind of doing his due diligence to make sure he's reaching out to as many ball clubs that they they can. And uh, just letting people know that you're ready and you're, you're ready to go. I can send video for whatever else that, you know, that people need. Cause it's very hard. I mean, during COVID there's a lot of restrictions and uh, you know, everybody's trying to make sure they're doing their due diligence to make sure that they're seeing all these athletes that are out there uh willing to compete and, and trying to work their tails off to get in the national football league.
2: So again, we are joined here by former NFL quarterback, Seneca Wallace. Now quarterback coach, you can see him out in California this weekend at the hub football camp. Seneca, we appreciate you so much for taking some time we're going to give you a, a, you know, 30 second window here. If you want to shout out any social media handles or, or where anybody (laughs) could find you and and continue to, to just, you know, for you to push
4: the envelope to give some kids their dream ultimately. Oh man. I mean, it's for me, it's, I, I let a lot of my stuff, I tell people this, I do my stuff organically. Unfortunately, I'm not huge on social media. I do have a Twitter page, but for me, it's uh, it, it's the passion um, that I see when these kids are, are working, and I continue to keep pushing myself to the next limit uh, to continue to better myself as a coach and, and a mentor. And uh, you know, for the people that are listening that are in Iowa, I don't know if you got any people in Iowa following you. My Wing Stops, go try some Wing Stop for sure because I own them up in uh, the Des Moines area. But uh, you know. I just want to continue to keep pouring my passion into the game of football and for quarterbacks. And this weekend, have a great one uh, at the Hub. So we look forward to it. Well, we appreciate you so much, Seneca. We'll definitely
2: have to have you on maybe uh, one day in the future after one of the Hubs just to kind of get an update on everything. But we appreciate you taking some time tonight.
4: No doubt, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you this weekend, bud.
2: All right, so again, that is
4: Seneca Wallace,
2: former NFL quarterback, now quarterback coach, who is going to do some great work, obviously, here moving forward with the HUB football camp, going to be out in California this weekend. Uh, David, always nice to have a former professional that has been there, done that. We have obviously been dealing a lot with draft prospects or past prospects that are trying to get that shot, trying to get to that level. So anytime that a professional that has been there, done that, and and honestly, Seneca was – ahead of the curve, you know, kind of how the quarterback position has evolved for in some ways. I think Seneca Wallace was born 10 years too early because today (laughs) he might have a better curve to being a substantial franchise level quarterback. Like he may have had a better possibility, but he has obviously done a lot of nice work on the professional level as a quarterback, but now as a quarterback coach and continuing, like I said, to give people an opportunity and to get more eyes on some of these players that really do need it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, when you see a Kyler Murray or a, you know, Russell Wilson or somebody like that, that's, you know, just, you know, even a Drew Brees, it's like, here, here you go. Seneca, you know, in 2003, he was doing it. So, (laughs) you know, uh, and that was, I mean, I got in the league uh, 2002. So he came in the right afterwards and, you know, and so it was, uh, you know, he was a guy that, again, like you said, if he was right now, he might be quarterbacking the uh the Cardinals and stuff, a great quarterback, great young, obviously you can hear the intelligence and what he was talking about. Mike Holmgren was turning over formations to him early in his career. So, you know, it was like, you know, trusted young man, like I said, Mike Holmgren brought him not only over to Cleveland when he was there, you know, from Seattle, because he was, you know, he could trust him there and do everything. And you don't last 10 years in the league unless you're doing things the right way. So. You know, I, I'm just happy and that he was – I'm very thrilled that he was willing to come on Mavs tonight, talk about the hub, talk about – pass down some knowledge and some information to the draft classes, the street-free agents, everything he's been through in his career because he's been all these things, you know, be able to pay back and give those words of encouragement and those, um, those really good dew drops of information to what they can do. And I really thought it was funny. He's like telling the young kids, well, make sure you're on social media, but I'm not right. on. I wasn't media.
2: expecting that. I was not expecting that little segue there. I was like, "Oh, he wants people on social media." Drop your, drop your highlight tapes. I'm, I, usually, I'm like the other way. Like, oh, this doesn't really do much. But apparently, they're always watching. So that was a nice yeah. little tidbit there.
3: That was a nice little tidbit, and you know, he's very. I'm very gracious. I'll, I'll, I'll buy him a beer or something this weekend when he's out there for coming on tonight.
2: Absolutely, and of course, we're we're highlighting the Hub Football Camp. We're t- mixing a little talk with the HBCU Combine that. David was just fortunate enough to be um, at the UAB facility down in Birmingham, Alabama this past weekend as well. So a lot of awesome things happening, but we want to continue to highlight the Hub because we actually have our next guest coming on in just a second, Mr. Darius Clark, who well, we're talking about the, the trivia questions, right? Who was the first player to be signed from a oh. football camp? There on the field. On the field while the workouts are taking place. A fantastic story we're going to get to. In just a second, we want to let you know, though, that we here at Maverick Sports Consulting would like to ask you to follow, subscribe, and take the chance to interact with us on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and other social media platforms. We are a company that is all about helping maximize your opportunities in front of you and your career. The only way that we can support you is if that if we hear from you. Your takeaway from tonight's show should be that if you interact with us, we will find a way to help you in your career path. Reach out and we could do a Mavs episode on your topic of choice, or we could circle back with you to help you with some individualized attention. Don't wait. Reach out today at Mav underscore sports, capital M, capital S, on all social media platforms. So, like I said, David, a great moment, obviously, a few weeks ago. We had Mr. Darius Clark, who is joining the show now, who was originally out of Newberry College, realized his dream. In April at the Hub Elite Combine. And uh, so Newberry is in South Carolina, of course. So a little background on Darius, running back and wide receiver in college, former high school quarterback to boot, measured in at the event at six foot one and 218 pounds. Obviously, a big athlete and was in top shape, ready to impress. And it materialized for him an opportunity. Darius, we appreciate you for joining us tonight, man. How's everything been going?
0: Been going pretty good, man didn't stop, just got it more intense, that's all. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, 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 it's like it's like a turning the page, right? You got that big opportunity. You, it, I'm sure it was a fantastic moment for you, but now the real work starts, right? So it's it's just the turning of a chapter, which is fantastic. Before David gets in on the first question, man, I really do want to congratulate you because obviously David was there, witnessed the great moments, but that was just a fantastic story to see, a, a success story like
4: that.
3: Tell us our uh, tell our listeners what it was like growing up on the island there off of uh, South Carolina. I know you've told this story a bunch, but I want to. I really enjoy the story, and I want to. I want our listeners to hear it.
0: Okay, so uh, I'm from a small town uh, on the outskirts of Charleston, South Carolina. It's called Watmala <laughs> Island. Um, there's literally one way in, one way out. Nothing but trees. Um, but it's a good area, quiet area, I'm surrounded by a lot of families. So my support system was real strong growing up. Um, I went to a small high school, one, a 1A high school on Johns Island, which is 15 minutes from that Island. And out there, you know, I grew up playing a quarterback and it being a 1A school. You had to literally play everything. So you had to play wide receiver at times, running back, kick returner and every, everything. So you kind of already was learning how to stay in shape and prepare yourself in multiple positions. Um, and then going from there, got to Newberry and history kind of ruled itself out in my position.
2: Now, Darius, I, I want to get into the Newberry career Re- real quick. Um, correction on my part, not the first hub participant to get signed, but the first one during an event in the middle of the workout. So I want to throw that out there real quick. Darius, I want you to highlight Newberry a little bit for us. For for those of us that aren't too familiar with the with the program, can you just highlight maybe some of your favorite moments while a part of
0: the school? Um, I would say the relationships I built with some of my teammates that's the the strongest thing I can get um from Newberry College. They taught me a lot. um being there, I was able to test my versatility. um I, like I said, I played kick returner there, um wide receiver, running back, um all four courses of special teams. I take pride in special teams for a reason. It's just I love running down and being the first one down the field, making contact, running through defenders, around defenders, it's just helping the team any way I can. So that's kind of why, you know, I'm a solid running back. I'm more than one position. And I take pride in being a versatile player.
3: Now, what do you, what, what do you uh, emulate in your running style? Like who, who's a guy or a player? that you try to emulate as a running back when you're running the ball?
0: Um, it's a few guys I've been watching um, growing up. Um, Adrian Peterson was one. Uh, he The way he runs the ball is very aggressive runner, uh, runs with a purpose. Um, Alvin Kamara, um, Christian McCaffrey, of course, he's one guy just, every play he's gonna give you everything he has. I, I kind of, I, I highly respect those guys. And now, you know, Derrick Henry, um it's a few guys. One in particular running back that I also watched a lot of growing up, uh Ladinian Thomason. He was he was a serious running back.
3: Yeah, LT was serious. I got to watch him at the rate from the Raiders point of view, which we did not enjoy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and Darius, one of the guys you mentioned, Christian McCaffrey, obviously now so- you now you signing with the Carolina Panthers. How cool is it to know just a guy that you have emulated to a degree, at least watch very closely you're going to be teammates with him here very soon.
0: Yeah. It's uh it's like, I'm, I'm ready to meet him. I haven't met him yet. Cause you know, he's been traveling back and forth training, but pretty soon I'll meet him and I can study him and see how he does, what he does and learn things from him and carry over into my skills and my game.
2: Mm-hmm. And I, I want you to kind of take us through the day, maybe days leading up to the hub events, obviously where you were, were signed. I know it's, Something where I'm sure there's nerves. I'm sure that you're very anxious, obviously, to the event for the opportunity to get in front of the decision makers, get in front of scouts to have that opportunity potentially lead us up. What was your mentality going into that event?
0: Um, For me, it was just giving it my all. I've been, you know, when I met Mr. Turner, uh, I would constantly text him, like, almost every week, every other day, one to check on him and see how he was doing and the other just to, you know, where's the opportunity, where's the workout, (laughs) ready? And um, when I got there, I was, you know, expecting a lot more, like, as far as the 40 and everything. Um, So that kind of, you know, caught me, you know, by surprise. But I was just, I told myself before the workout, Every day for a week straight, I said, you know, something has to happen here. I'm, I'm gonna impress somebody. I don't know who it's gonna be, but somebody has to really acknowledge my talent. The same way that Mr. David Turner did. happened mm-hmm. I mean, the scout, you know, came to me, and uh, he said, "Look, we're signing you." And I responded, I was like, "Okay." And he, he's just, you're not excited. I said, "No, nah, I just don't know what to say." I mean, I'm, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> it just it doesn't seem real. And um I went to my agent, told him the same thing, and he just started laughing. And then the first thing I did was I found Mr. David Turner and gave him a big hug, because this wouldn't have been possible without him.
3: What would, what did you ultimately why did you ultimately choose to come to the hub?
0: Uh I think I just trusted you. That's that's the biggest thing. Like, like knowing that you have faith in me from the jump, like when I met you at the free agent workout. And you pulled me to the side and you excuses to ask questions like, "Where are you from?" Like, "Who are you?" Like, <laughs> I, we had a conversation, and ever since then, you just have my, you just have my, my faith. I trusted in you. I trusted in the process. You told me just be ready. You said you'll handle your part. Just be ready when the opportunity comes and maximize it. And that's what I did
3: yeah i mean when i saw you at the workout ryan i put him through uh running back drills and then receiver drills and he stood out in both um probably the best at both and i was like man where is this he weighed in at that day like 230 and i -hmm. i told him to lose some weight and i was just like you know you gotta lose some weight cut it up a little bit and he's like all right i'll do it just find me another opportunity and you know i was like six one and two thirty and room moving the way he moved and the natural soft hands i was like where's this kid been? <laughs> Cause this is, this is distinguishing himself. And then we got him out there at the hub and man, he, you know, first drill, like all the scouts were like, wait, where's this kid? Been?
2: <laughs> and, and that, that's why, that's why I love this story is we, we've heard, you know, the difficulties that has been surrounding the draft process over the last couple of years with the pandemic and everything. But I mean, you are a, you are a true example that no matter where you come from, all you need is one opportunity And as soon as you get that opportunity, obviously, you take full advantage of it. I want to talk to you, Darius, a little bit because you already highlighted, like, so the scout came up to you. We're signing you. It was surreal. Like, I I don't know how to react, right? Like, I I go to my agent. I still don't know how to react. But the deeper lying meaning to that moment, I'm sure that this has been a dream for you to play Mm -hmm. professional football for your entire life. So kind of maybe more from a macro view, that moment when you really take a step back and just appreciate that this is something you've been working for your entire life. I, I I would just like maybe if you could try to encapsulate it. I'm sure you can't, but if you can, just a little bit of that moment.
0: Mm, um, honestly, the only thing that kind of stuck out to me the most when getting the opportunity and getting, you know, the recognition and the signing was getting to work. <laughs> that's that's honestly, you know, the the mindset I had. For the past 809 days, I, I every week I would count the days of how long it was before I got opportunities since, you know, coming out in my draft class and 809 days. That's all I can constantly think about in my head was, you know, now the real work begins, just ready to go back, whether it was Charleston, whether it was moving to Charlotte, it was just working, they getting better because I, I feel like I have a lot to prove to myself.
3: I just love your mentality and how you're just a workman's man. Like you got you got your lunch pail, you're going to work every day. Yeah. But let's talk about since signing, mm-hmm. since the hoopla and the social media, how's your life changed? How, what's day-to-day looking like now
0: for you? Every single day um in bed by ten 30, 11, I'm waking up at six o'clock in the morning um right there by the stadium, so I get up in the morning, I'll get into the building, 6.30, 7 o'clock, get breakfast. I'll go work out with the coaches at 8 o'clock, um, leave from there, do recovery things with the training room, hot tub, pool, leave from there, meet up with some of the teammates um, on the field, running routes, catching passes, and that's every day, Monday through Friday.
2: I love it. And and I think, Darius, maybe a good way for us to, to you know bring this, full circle and to, to end this interview the right way is you, you even talked about it over 800 days, you've been working for this, right. And you finally got it for the younger athletes out there. Maybe they're in a similar position where they came out, you know, a couple years ago or last year, or just, or they're going through the process now or whatever it might be. What is some advice that you can give them to continue to push forward and take advantage of their opportunity that's going to be presented to them?
0: Uh, one, I would say, <clears throat> stay humble. That's, that's the biggest thing. That's something that I've really been strong on, um, staying humble. Either, if you don't stay humble, you'll get humbled in whatever way it may come. Um, continue working. If you, No matter how many no's you get through your process, continue working. If somebody has a yes for you. Um, just being consistent. You can't work hard one day or one week and then you take a break or you take a vacation. Even if you take a vacation, you need to work find something to do. Lifting weights, jogging, running, stretching, something. Um, Literally 800 days, 809 days to be exact, I've done something. If I haven't been lifting, I've been running, stretching, trying to eat right, whatever it is. You just have to be consistent and continue working hard, and it's going to pay off in the long run.
2: Well, again, we're here with Darius Clark, former Newberry running back, wide receiver, now Carolina Panther and hub um, participant here just recently getting that big opportunity. Such a fantastic moment. Darius, I want to kind of give you the floor here. want to shout out some social media handles if you want to do that, or if you want to give the Carolina Panther fans out there that might be listening to the podcast a little preview of what they should be expecting from you.
0: Uh, Darius Clark underscore is the Instagram handle. Um, once again, I just want to tell Mr. David Turner, thank you once again. I know I tell you that enough. I tell you all <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you made this happen, and it's going to pay off. Um, but for the Panther organization, is just you have someone that is driven, that works hard, that does what's necessary to be successful. And now that I have the opportunity to show the world and show the Panther organization what I can do, uh, in my mind is I really believe that we have a chance this year to go all the way. So we'll go. It.
2: I love it, Darius. So I really appreciate you so much for taking a little bit of time. I've heard David's obviously rendition of the story, but this is so awesome to be able to get the first hand account of the great moments in obviously the hub football camp lineage here now. Appreciate you so much for taking some time today.
3: Thanks, Darius. I appreciate you. You know, I do.
2: (laughs) All right. So again, Mr. Darius Clark hopping off with us now. Carolina Panther. Running back, Darius Clark, athlete, wherever. They like David said, wherever you put him, he makes plays. He was the best at the free agent camp, right? You said David when both the running back and the wide receiver drills. Obviously, a great athlete like this, he's going to show out in pretty much anything that you can ask him to do in those events.
3: Right. I'm just excited. Like you know, like I said, he came in at 230 at the free agent workout. And I said to him, Hey, you need to cut down, get to 222. He went all the way down to 218. He ate right. He did it right. He came in looking good. I went over to him when he was in warm ups. I said, Hey, hey, uh, lift your, sh- your sleeves up going through the drills. She's like, he's like, Why? I'm like, Because they need to be able to see those arms. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Okay. And so you see him over there rolling up the sleeves and, and, and they're coming out. And, and, uh, for a big guy who's one, and, uh, you know, I heard the Panthers are going to ask him to play about the 222 mark. Um, you know i just think he's got a really good shot and not only you know making the team but contributing cuz he has that attitude where i'll do whatever it takes I'll, I'll play special teams whatever you want right um and you know this this the sweet frosting on the cake he's doing it in his own backyard you know he's from south carolina yeah. he's just up this road i think it's a 3 or 4 hour ride for his mom and his little sister and his grandma to come watch him play and you know, if he can do it there, I mean, it's just, it, it's just, there's so much to the story that's just awesome, and I hope people keep listening to it, keep telling it, because over 800 days from his draft class, he believed in himself, he pushed himself, he lifted weights, he stretched, he ate right, and and then he, in, you know, took 800 days, two years. For him to get noticed and he wouldn't have gotten noticed if he didn't stay on the grind and stay ready to go um so you know that's a testament to his tenacity his integrity his intelligence his belief in his passion for football and for himself so i just commend him a, a great deal
2: oh well, yeah obviously he spoke about his versatility he spoke about his kick return experience you could tell that he is a guy that was going to be a core team special teamer. That he he's going to scratch a claw literally to do whatever it takes to make that football team. And in his own backyard, it's such a phenomenal story. They can make a they can make a movie about this if they wanted to. Honestly, this is this is a a feel good story right here. Wishing him obviously the best. So we thank him so much again for taking a little bit of time with us tonight. Fantastic story. And obviously, David, I want to just highlight real quick. Before we get back to some of the HBCU showouts down in Birmingham, Alabama, let's highlight the Hub uh, camp that's coming up this weekend out in California. Can you give us just a little bit of background on what s- people that aren't too familiar with it should be expecting with an event like this?
3: Sure. What I love about um, the Hub is that it's a uh, selection process. You know, they've hired me and Raf Bible and um, evaluators to, you know, select the, uh, elite players that are currently on the street, go find them and put them in this camp. They're only doing 10 players per position and only six quarterbacks at a time. So the reps are, um, can be fully evaluated, digested, and, you know, they're not wasted on just anybody. You know, you can't walk up to the gate on Sunday morning and say, I want to participate. Here's my check. It doesn't work that way. There's a whole selection process, which I like a lot about this event. It makes uh, it makes it worth the team's while to come and participate and be there. We'll have, I think, you know, another five or six NFL teams at this one, even though it's close to the uh, draft, they're still committing player uh, player personnel people to be there, some scouts and stuff. And then I know we have four or five CFL teams that will be there as well. So I mean, it, you know, think about it. You're going to be walking on the field and have nine professional league scouts looking at you. It's not like getting invited to the Jets where only one team's evaluating you. You're walking on the field. And we also send the film to all 32 NFL teams and all the CFL teams when we're done. So you get put on the field, put through drills by professional people like Jeep Chris, Dwayne Board, obviously Seneca Wallace. And then once they're done with, you know, running you through your drills, it gets videotaped, sent to the NFL teams. All the measurables are reported to them. You know, and myself, I'll be writing scouting reports on the top performers, and those are going to the NFL teams. Just so, you know, my trained eye will be on them. We're all trying to create, everybody in their heart of hearts was trying to create more Darius Clarks, you know, because there are people on the street that are just being overlooked for whatever reason. And right now, one of the big reasons the NFL can't put people in their buildings to have a lot of workouts because of COVID protocols. So here's a spot where we can put, I think we have 56 players coming this weekend, you know, 56 qualified players to play in professional football. And, you know, where else can you find that kind of event? Don Yee is really, you know, he's a forward thinker, him and, you know, Jamie and Tom Goodhines and stuff. They really have developed a great quality product. And I'm just very fortunate they allow Mavericks to be part of it.
2: Absolutely. I think that's a great way to kind of, you know, segue into HBCU because Don Yee is obviously putting out a great event, Should look forward to many more players being signed at the hub football camps coming soon. Uh, Obviously out in California this weekend, David Turner will be in attendance. David, we were started to talk before we got Seneca on about some of the HBCU show um, standouts at the event at the combine, the first annual, right. Can we call it annual? Because it's going to be a thing for years to come. Um, So we talked about Mr. Robinson running back out of running back wide receiver out of Bethune Cookman. Where we talked to you mentioned DeAndre Francois, of course, former Florida State quarterback that ended up at Hampton. Talking about Hunter Register, who was a Minnesota football player that obviously ended up at Southern. One guy that I need to talk about because we talked about him before we started, and I was almost stunned that he was a wide receiver at 236 pounds. Tristan Wallace, who you said ran 4 4 4. Is that what you said?
3: No, Tr- Tristan ran four four nine at the Prairie View. You're right at the okay. Prairie View uh, Pro Day, but um, you know, for us, we, he didn't want to. He didn't want to come on and 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 mess that up, which I totally respect. <laughs> I totally respect.
2: At 236 uh, pounds, running four fours, like put that into perspective for a second. That's pretty insane.
3: Yes, absolutely. And so, for you know, when he came out and he performed for us. He, you know, he's a 2021 draft class kid. He was 6025, 236, 81 inch spring uh wingspan, 34 and a fourth arm, 10 That's hand. <laughs> okay. And then he he did a short shuttle at a 425, a three cone at a six eight eight, vertical jump thirty-six, broad jump 1010, and bench press 14 times.
2: Those are like those are like three, four outside linebacker numbers for the most part. Like two hundred thirty-six pound man with that type of three cone and and those long of arms, like that is a dream. And he's playing wide receiver,
3: which right. is right. And he and he looks the part. He's not pudgy, he wasn't fat, he he's just all muscles, very thick lower body where he carried a lot of the weight. Um mm-hmm. but you know, again, it was a situation where when you're evaluating them, it's an NFL style body, hands, arms, everything. And he moved really, really well through the drills, in and out of his routes. Was able to bend. Obviously, it's six, eight, eight, three cone. You don't do that unless you can bend and get around, you know, the cones. So, yeah, I mean, he was he was very impressive as well.
2: Yeah, and obviously that size is really intriguing. I, I would I wouldn't be shocked if some NFL teams just talked about this a little bit. I know you say he's a wide receiver, but like. Maybe an H back, use them in different ways in the slot, motion them a little bit, like using that type of size in the slot for me is a big potential that I would be very intrigued about. So player to keep an eye on for for sure. DeAndre Francois, I know you said he threw the ball well, David. For me, we're talking about some of the guys in the NFL right now. This is no shot at anybody. DeAndre Francois is more than talented enough to have one of these jobs in the NFL. That kid can spin it, to say the least. I know he's had some things that he said needed to answer off the field stuff, and then he hits into COVID-19 pandemic where, you know, limited opportunity after transfer to Hampton. But the kid, from a talent perspective, can definitely play at the next level. I don't think there's any doubt about
3: that. No, I, there's not. And honestly, if, if, if Sean Payton had this kid, he would be so excited to have him. I mean the way he moves in the pocket, the way he works the pocket, the way the ball comes out of his hand. I mean, this is a guy that could walk right in that locker room and really compete. Like not just you know to be on the team, but compete. Um, he's a professional. Every I've dealt with this is the third time I've I've been around him, and he's been a professional every time, even warming up to the, you know for the event this weekend. He wasn't going to run the 40. He already told us before he got there, you know, I'm not going to run the 40. So while we're over there handling the forties, he's warming himself up. He's going through his stuff. He has his routine, you know, not bothering anybody found a space on the field where he was out of the way. Just making sure when we say, Hey, you know, you ready to go? He, he could just turn on. Yep. Yeah, let's go. Um, so again, I, I, if I was a GM right now, I would have no problem bringing him in and signing them and, and letting him compete, you know, with everything I know about him and everything I know about the situations and everything. He's a, he's a really solid kid for for sure. There's another one I want to hit before we run out of time, though, because it Let's was it. a surprise to me. He was definitely a surprise to me. I didn't know him going yeah. into the event. His name is uh, Keon Smith, offensive lineman.
2: From- oh, I know Keon, Fayetteville State. I know. Fayette, Go ahead. Yeah,
3: yep. a 22 year old kid. And now he, he was 605 3. Mm-hmm. 318, 81 and 78 wingspan, Yep, 35 and 18 arm, pretty good. Nine time. and three hand. He ran a five two two and a five three two in the 40 huh. for a big man that's moving. Yep. Um his let's see, what's his 10? His 10 was a 177 seven twice. Time. Yep. Okay. Uh, three cone or you know, short shuttle was a four six six, whatever. Three cone was a seven six. It doesn't matter for big guys. But his bench press was eighteen with thirty five inch arms. Right. So he was moving it, and in the in the pass set drills and the moving like a guard drills that we do, the range, everything. He understood how to t- kick right, stay half man in front of people, punch at the last minute, keeping his hands high. weren't lo- dropping them, weren't loading them coming around the cones on the pools and everything on the stunt games we do. He was – his pad level was low. He understood leverage and everything. So he's a guy that I would not be surprised if someone in this year's draft wound up saying, hey, you know what? Sixth, seventh round, we're going to take a flyer on this kid.
2: Yeah. I I mean, we talk about the – the measurable aspect of everything, right? And why it's so important to have that length, that offensive tackle. 35 plus inch arms is bananas, dude. Like that is, that is, you know, that is rare length at the position for a guy like Keon. And and what, one thing I liked about him, David, I actually saw a few pictures of him like a couple months ago because he was a guy that I was aware of. He wears that weight well, man. That is not a sloppy frame. That's a nice, solid looking frame. You know, he's well proportioned. He is a good looking athlete.
3: No, absolutely. Wore it well, carried himself with uh good, like, you know, there was a Michael Johnson that kind of was getting a little bit more hype because of the way he came right? Savannah, yeah,
2: Savannah State, right? Yeah,
3: Savannah State, yep. yep. Uh-huh. And, you know, he came in. He's he's another big, good-looking guy, right? Yep. But, and Keon was right behind him in all the drills, and he caught our attention really quick in him.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: it was like, man, call me nuts, but this Keon kid really, I think he can play. And um, you know, I, I like I said, he'll be. I'm writing up about ten of the kids, you know, reports on him, and he's definitely one of the kids I'll be writing up. And Michael Johnson will be too, because you know Michael did well. Um, and he, again, he, he, there there were some good kids there, and there were really some some uh, ones that I enjoyed being around and showed their personality and understood the process and you know really handled themselves with the professionalism. So you know that was. It was really something kind of cool. And the last one I'll uh I'll highlight before we get off here. Can I, I guess know I guess who it is? I, know, I, I, hope, I hope.
2: I hope it is because I was infatuated with this kid when he came out of Prairie View A M last year. Dewanye Tucker. I hope it's Dewanye Tucker.
3: Tell me It's me. not Dewanye ah, Tucker. Oh, okay. Go
4: ahead.
3: No, it's not. It's Ian McBraw out of Morgan State. Okay. Linebacker. Okay. He's a he was last year's draft class, but he's only 22 years old. Okay. And he's 6015, 232 at linebacker. Okay. 76 and 18 wing, 31 and 7 eight. so just this far from 32 inch arms. Mm-hmm. Uh 8 and 3 force hand. Ran as a 466 six and a 463. Good times. Yep. And then uh, you know, for him, his uh his tens were a 148 and a 153.
2: 148.
3: 148. That's a like, wide
2: receiver number. That is yeah good. exactly.
3: <laughs> he is, he got out good. Um, you know, so you know, for him, he bench pressed 15 times, you know, vertical jump 31 and a half, nine nine broad, all all respectable numbers for a linebacker who's 230 something pounds, you know. So he was a kid that I think I really, you know, I really think will have a shot at the next level, and I think he can make core four teams right away, uh, and then play play himself into a position. He was he was the only player so far that's followed up with me, too. Mm -hmm. Sent me a note saying thank you for everything. Learned a lot in your speech. Learned a lot in your uh, being around you, seeing how you're working and everything, and he you know out of 41 kids he's the only one that's done that so far so that shows you he's he understands it's a business and he's mature to know the process and follow up so i wanted to plug him before we got off tonight because you know between him and keon i knew the other guys kind of coming in i kind of had an idea but you know keon and him i didn't know well and then to Mm. see them perform the way they did i was like man this is why we do this because you show up and you see guys like this just needing a shot.
2: Absolutely. And and again, that is that goes a long way. Like It sounds like a little thing, a nice gesture, obviously, but that kind of stuff really does go a long way. So shout out to these events that are going on, Hub Football Camp and the HBCU Combine that just took place. Things that David Turner is doing in the industry as as well. Part of some other great individuals, which is just phenomenal. Giving these kids an opportunity. Give them another look. Fantastic stuff. Want to shout out again, Seneca Wallace, for coming on with us tonight. Obviously, former NFL quarterback. We got Darius Clark, who David obviously has a nice relationship, who just got signed by the Carolina Panthers. Fantastic interviews tonight. Want to thank you all for sticking with us tonight. Mass Sports Take episode 36. Make sure that you're liking Sharing, reviewing, throw a five-star, give a good rating, spread the word. Rise and draft on Twitter and Mav underscore sports. MavSportsConsulted.com is the number one place that you want to go to for everything that you need in preparation for your career path. David Turner, as always, giving you the last word. What you want to stick with the folks tonight and all the live viewers and all the viewers that are listening through the podcast platforms.
3: I'm going to give you a piece of business advice. Oh, I love it. I'm going to close tonight. I could go several ways, but tonight I'm going to keep this business. I'm going to go business advice. If you're communicating with somebody, don't assume they know what's going on in your head. Huh. Lately, I've been had a lot of agents text me, hey, what about Andy? What about Ben? What about this? I don't know who they are. You have mm-hmm. to say my wide receiver, Andy, who I spoke with you last week about, <laughs> who went to Oklahoma State. Or if you're, call, if you're a young man and an athlete, don't treat me like I'm your bro or your man oh. because I'm a friendly guy I know you can get that cloudy but it's still a business transaction you're trying to you're trying to have whether that's get get on my good side so I call a team for you or or it's it's working with me inside the framework of, of Mavericks to a pre, uh, you know to achieve your dreams. It's all inside a business environment. So when you're approaching young men and young women in positions of power, the decision makers, make sure you keep it 100 business. Because as soon as you let your guard down and you think that they're your friend, that's when you're gonna get tripped up in this business. So stay 100 and honestly, business communication skills really need to improve. <laughs> the a last few weeks, they've been really bad. And not just from the players. From the agents, too. Free business advice here on Map
2: Sports Take. This usually costs you money, folks, but you got the free little, free little uh, <laughs> tip here from David Turner. Shout out to everybody again out there in the Twitterverse, in the YouTubeverse, Twitchverse. I don't know if that's a thing. Shout out to everybody though for for listening again. Rate, subscribe to the podcast on any podcast platform. Go to Apple Podcasts right now. Give a five-star review. Appreciate you so much. We'll be here same time, same place next week.
1: Thank you all. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media. Share your thoughts on today's episode. And tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit MaverickSportsConsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take.